This is Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast, featuring distinctly qualified global changemakers dedicated to creating a healthier planet. One where our unique gifts are lived, expressed, and celebrated. I'm your host, Julian Guderlei. This is episode 300. I'm here with John Brancy, my good friend, opera singer, and human being on the journey. I'm glad you're back around, John. It's the third or fourth time we're sitting down for this. Yeah, I think it's the third. You know, we made it a very specific, yeah, isn't it? I think it's the fourth time. Fourth? Episode one, one, episode 100, 200, and now 300. Oh, that's right. Right. Oh, on, I didn't yeah. even, I didn't even <laughs> think 100, 200, 300. Wow, 300 episodes. Amazing. <laughs> we're, we're both witnessing our own mask, uh, math math mask fall off. Well, yeah, for everyone exactly. who's tuning into this episode, this is going to be John and me sharing a bit about life and how, what has happened in, since the last 100 episodes. And, um, you know, just just going for it. Well, when was the the three the, the 200th episode? I published it on in June 2020, actually. And we oh, were we called it the Sing Sense with John Brancy at the oh, time. That's right. You were you were working on uh, some course material, you know, kind of mm. not pivoting away from opera because I know that's still what you're doing main time, especially yeah. now again. But you were working on the Sing Sense. You want to catch us up? What happened with that project? Actually, it ended up just being a, an opportunity for two things to occur, which was me to learn more about my own voice mm -hmm. and deepen my own practice and technique as a singer, but also reach out and communicate with so many voices and singers and people um, throughout the pandemic. That's kind of what it was for me. And I actually, that kind of kept me sane, kept, kept me afloat uh, financially as well. Um, and I'll always be able to, you know, kind of reference that, I think, moving forward, the because during during the time I actually was able to develop for myself and for my clients a practice, a practice for practicing. And I think that that's something for when it comes to singing is difficult for uh, for people to kind of latch on to. How do you practice? What do you do? How do you start? How do you prime the body, you know, mm -hmm. to to be ready to resonate? Um, and I think that that's the takeaway for me. And if I were to go further and deeper, which I plan to, um, it's just that I've, you know, since the world has reopened, <laughs> I've been, you know, singing again, which is great back on stage and all that, but definitely not just going to just, you know, let this new technique and way of teaching just fall by the wayside. It's definitely something that's going to follow me the rest of my life. In fact, I just gave a lesson right before this this podcast. Beautiful. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, see, I see you stepping into that more and more, depending on how much more you want to tour the world as an opera singer. I guess both of those are, are beautiful ways of passing on your gift, you know, teaching. I think teaching is one of the most undervalued um, professions in the world, you know, is to show up for others and support them in building a skill, building knowledge, building an embodiment. It's, I think, it's I, think I saw a video profession. of... Yeah, totally. I think I saw a video once of um, uh, the, I'm trying to remember his name. 
Uh, real time. I'm not going to edit this one. We we want to we want to feel the realness of this conversation. Feel the realness. <laughs> if you if you come back to remember the name, John, that's awesome. If if not, I'm going to Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins. Robbins. Of of all the people's names to forget. Sorry, Tony. You're a memorable person. It's just that there was a video of him like getting his whole audience. Maybe we've talked about this before, but it was just this it's it's this video of him getting the audience to kind of what is it? What did he call that? Have, do you know what that is? When he like does their warm up, priming. Is it priming? Well, the the breath he calls priming. Yeah, mm. the like Kriya Yoga, Kundalini Yoga inspired uh, breath that Tony borrowed from our friends the Kundalini. Uh, yeah, that's right. I mean, but then there's the whole second part of that, which is the you know the mantra the yelling. Oh, the mantra. I've never well, been. I mean, you know. Well, no, no, no. I mean, like in 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 our in Kundalini and in in humans, you know, like we use our breath. Your oh. your you do your breath work, right? But then it's also we have the opportunity to use the breath to to intone, right? Mm-hmm. So it's of like course. I imagine going back to the teaching thing, going back to me doing this more. How do I get large groups of people? together you know at some point a chorus one could call it to to sing you know it's just still the same theme same theme that we've been talking about with me you know for these years um and it's funny like i actually started on tiktok of all places getting people to harmonize with me it's just very simple it's like a 15 second video maybe even some of them I did seven seven seconds and it has like some text on the side of it, but mm-hmm. it's just me singing one note. So I'm just singing an A or a C or a D or whatever, holding it at pitch, trying to get it as clear as possible so that when whoever's swiping through stops on this and it's actually me singing immediately. It's just, ah, mm-hmm. and that's that's what they're stopping on, not any sort of theatrics or anything like that. And so they stop and then they immediately are told to respond with their own voice, with their own singing. And I think that that's something where, like I've had some of those videos have gone, I guess, somewhat viral. They've got millions of hits and, you know, hundreds of thousands of likes and stuff like that. Um, But it's been interesting just to do that, not necessarily as a monetary thing, but just to communicate with purely with, with sound, with the sung voice, you know? So now that we're back again to the world reopening, <laughs> maybe there's a way that I can bring that into the real world. Because that, that would be something that I would love to experience with a large group of people is, is resonating and harmonizing with them in a space, in a resonant space. Well, I'm all for it, John. I, you know, my, my world never closed. So I'm, I'm glad mm. that the world's reopening and we're, we, we, got, <laughs> we, 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 got, we got the chance to experience you in the, in the real body. I mean... Jokes aside, though, John, I think this is this is where you know being being your friend for several years and having met you first, um, you know, in a in a coffee shop. Remember that day when we just like our eyes crossed and we instantly felt the the pull of gravity towards each other. Um, love at first sight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think <laughs> anyway, I mean, but but our you, souls, you and our the souls, body. our souls clearly have had previous interaction. You know, mm-hmm. I think that that's kind that's of when that way happens. To, to, to label that that day, actually, there is something about the way we connected that was deeper than meeting a regular stranger. 
there's something yeah. about it being like hey man like we are actually supposed to meet yeah um that actually definitely happened for me i was drinking a, a very similar beverage to the one i'm drinking right now it's coffee in it um same some some kind of milk alternative mm. uh, today it's hemp no not hemp um avena i have oats i have a, a avena oat that's oat i have a cold cold brew myself mm. stump town cold brew concentrate with a little bit of a2 whole milk in it wow a2 is a specific type of cow i guess it's just i guess it digests better i've i've you know i'm hook line and sinker on anything that's new and fancy at whole foods these days <laughs> it's so funny right? you, you've been you, you're you're definitely in the um in, in that world you know i'm sitting in chapada de veaderos in brazil as we're having this interview mm -hmm. um very far away from any whole foods um or any type of understanding for different types of milk actually <laughs> the, you're in the true land of whole food and whole milk right i mean like well you, you would think i i agree uh, that that's definitely that's definitely one reality that that's why i'm here i'm about to host a uh, two-week immersion for the first time ever with my mm -hmm. own beloved with my own partner um, mm -hmm. that i'm very excited about because it's like a real-time evolution track and if you hear the birds in the background those were um, green papagayos flying by um, California parrots, I think they're called in English. And, you know, coming back to what we're about to host, I'm, I'm excited to host in the middle of nowhere in Brazil on in the land of the sacred waterfalls, Chapada de Verdeiros, close to Alto Paraíso in Brazil. And as you said, John, there, it is the land of the actual real food, you know. But then on the way here from Brasilia, you see the influence of the globalized, mainstreamed world that, you know, for me, it's just a, it's like a deep pain in my heart and a big clusterfuck of logic in my mind that, you know, you drive from Brasilia to Alto Paraíso and if it's not nighttime and you can see the fields around you, you don't really know where you are. You could equally be in Germany and driving through some monoculture fields there because it just ends up looking the same, um, you know, kills our soil, kills our gut biome. And, and so it's still like this twilight zone on planet earth. It's 2022, you know, um, by the way, the last time we talked was 2020, and then before that was 2019. Uh, oh yeah, in October actually, and the first time I believe was 2017. So, I'm stoked that we have this connection through our time weaving into a broadcast. Yeah, um, it, it it kind of anchors a lot of what's occurring between the, the the timelines, and we can kind of have an opportunity to see where where humanity is going you know and just to take a moment on that because i think it's important to address and bring it up you know we're now into another global conflict you know i won't we don't have to spend too much time on this but when we're talking about how humanity can evolve and will evolve it doesn't seem like we were we were talking before we started recording about the the pendulum swing you know, and how we, if we look back in time, we can see this, it, it has reoccurred in a very similar pattern throughout time. And so it, it's not really something that's going to be solved with more of the same, you know, oh, more. By, by no means. I, mean, I think this is the important point to wake up to right now, right? Is yeah. to understand that, you know, behind any war and, you know, 
of course my heart reaches out to anyone who is physically impacted by this and to the people that are that are in physical danger yeah and the displaced and the displacement or or, or the death of family members yes. however behind any war is a business interest and we know that on this planet business interest is governing anything that is broadcasted in mainstream media and yeah. those business interests you know when you track them back to whose business interests they are and you know you, you and i've met in places like switzerland and in, in davos remember like a few years ago of course yeah when you track back where the financial uh you know corruption enters the the, the human the human experience it continues to always come back to small groups of people and to to the same companies. I think when you talk about investment companies, it's BlackRock and Vanderbilt or Vanderguard, whatever they're called, yeah. you know, and, and so, or the World Economic Forum. And so this, at this point in our evolution, I think is equally as important to understand and to recognize and then therefore to opt out of and simply say no more as it is to feel the grief and the compassion for anyone who's suffering and for anyone who is um, you know, going through um, hardship. Yeah. You know, I, um, there's so much there. There's so much to unpack that would take, you know, days. But I, I, I just keep going back to the thing that I know and the thing that I will always go back to. And it's, it is that singing has a sort of universal power that's associated to it. And I think it's, it's funny to me that, you know, opera specifically, it exists and in a kind of way at a certain level of society, you know, but all throughout history, there's evidence that composers in particular, specifically Mozart tried to make it for the people for the for the general public for the for the people who needed it most you know it's a theater of consciousness it's a theater of of uh, of us trying to understand each other and i find in this time frame in the 21st century a quarter of the way through almost <laughs> it's it's kind of imperative that you know these art forms become of the people for the people by the people all throughout the world you know and if they're only, you know, if we're only seeing these great gifts that these that we have as humans, specifically, you know, dancing and singing, and you can you can kind of associate that to a lot of different industries. You, you can see it all throughout the world, how it's how it's utilized and then capitalized upon, but not shared in the sense of like it's free because you have it, too, you know. That's that's an evolution of consciousness that I'm specifically looking out for and, and excited for, you know? I think it's really kind of part of this whole awakening because it, it brings about a different energetic work that we're doing with each other. And that's that's a broad term, also would take probably a while to unpack. But energetically speaking, when we're sharing, I think, each other's voices we're sharing stories we're understanding each other more it's not about destruction it's not about you're right i'm wrong or i'm right you're wrong it's about feeling feeling each other through resonance and psychically you know i think that that's also a thing that's coming through right now 
I've been listening and following a lot. Um, and this is a shout out here just because he's such a, a um, influential person and important person, I think, right now is Paul Selig. I, th- I really think you should have him on your, your podcast. I don't know if you've ha- have you had him? No, I, he wasn't a guest yet, but feel free to make the introduction, John. I know oh, yeah. Well, the, here's, him. here's the public introduction. <laughs> I, I would love for you and you and Paul to sp- sit down and, and spend some time with the guides, hopefully. I mean, that's that's up to them. But to ask these questions, you know. That'd be um, a long episode. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, every time they're, they bring through, you know, teachings or are asked questions, it's really kind of the substantial um substantially important lesson you know as it always has been throughout our exi- our existence you know but i um i recently was just in a channeling with him and he was able to give me some information with regards to uh how singing does play a role in lifting and lifting our consciousness and so it's kind of co- a confirmation of this because going back to that point that like more of the same won't necessarily bring us to where we know we can go we can go we can get to so like more accumulation of war goods more accumulation and usage of you know fossil-based fuels more accumulation of land for you know the usage of industrial pre-industrial revolution agriculture more of the same you know there's there's got to be a a way for us to see that these things are not going to be sustainable for us moving forward. Well, I, I think this is, this is such an interesting place where you just took the conversation and, you know, this may be like the real meat of our dialogue today. So, um, the real meat, oh my God, English and what I've learned to <laughs> duplicate based on what people say, just making the, the same real meat. I'm still not eating meat. Um, so, you know, <laughs> the, the, what, I, what I'm trying to say is the good part of this this dialogue maybe is, is you know, right right here now and more repetition of the same will only bring further destruction. Yes, 100%, you know. And so what I ask myself is now that many, many people seem to have understood that from a mental perspective, what is what are, what are the next steps, right? And in my younger years or the last decade, I've, I've you know, I've, I've tried to understand who are the, the, the movers and shakers and where are the leverage points to to apply my power to apply my my personal energy to support change on the in the world you know that has one of the reasons that brought me to the world economic forum to then realize the corruption of these kind of groups and institutions and kind of the the repetition of more of the same yeah. right yeah and and then you know once once i realized that and realized this is not where i'm going to hang out you know it it's very interesting so in a cognitive, conceptual, intellectual way, many people understand that we have to have different practices on this planet. But then many of us, and, and me included, are very slow at weaning off from this um, old way of living. Mm. And, you know, I have deep faith that the future I mean, is bright I am as well. I'm also, it's, it's... Yeah, you just talked about Whole Foods, a whole bunch of course. Of, of course. <laughs> no, and, but again, jo- jokes aside, like if it's important to admit that we're you know, imperfect humans that are on that journey. But then what is what is another way of being? And, and that's where, you know, I, I chose a few years ago to, to make the tagline of this podcast regenerative, which at this point, you know, I, I feel like it's turned into just another buzzword. 
Um, but the point about using the word regenerative for me was that it is a principle of life. Regeneration is an, a quality of life inherent in life itself. Nothing a human, a corporation, a, a government has placed there. You know, life is a cycle. And yeah. when we find our place in the cycle, you know, maybe we, we, we create a harmony with that cycle. And so I believe that as long as we're trying to understand what to do from an external picture, you know, what our government tells us, what our um, schools tell us, what our media tells us, we will continue to propagate and create the same destruction. Um, because behind all of those voices are a false image of disconnection from nature and a false image of uh, capital interest, right? You know, there are no wars, they're just businesses. Um, well, yeah. and then there are businesses that create wars. Let me just yeah. let me finish my thought there. John. Yeah, no, so, no, of course. So, just, just so on the other side of that, you know, on the other side of that, I believe, and, you know, yoga is all about that. The indigenous ways of being are all about that. Plant medicine guides you to that place. I believe there is, it's not so much an inner voice, because if the inner voice is just a thought, the thinking thought can be corrupted by the external impulse. But there's an internal impulse, like a heartbeat of essence that is uniquely you or uniquely me. And following that in integrity and following that with authenticity allows us to say no and no thanks and no more to the forces that have been destroying um, this planet and have been destroying this planet through us, actually, using us as, you know, as um, agents of, of, of cons consumption. And so I think that's where it starts, is to, to cultivate a deep listening to that inner impulse that is a natural impulse, not a thought impulse and then living from that inner impulse. So if I'm hearing you correctly, like if I'm listening to what's coming through you today, John, that inner impulse in you calls you to be a teacher, a voice of resonance. Maybe, you know, this is totally my interpretation, maybe even more so than just a performer of voice and resonance. Yeah, I think, you know, because the performer puts on the suit. The performer where's the where's the mask <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. um plays the characters you know which which is useful in the context of the theater but that's that's one space that it can be done and that's mm -hmm. from a that's from a very specific perspective that never really breaks the fourth wall which is i think what art is made is made for is really meant to do and the artist is meant to live you know because in in the artist's way mm -hmm. you know it's it isn't just you know staying in your room and creating for yourself or being behind a, a curtain or on a stage necessarily it's actually integrating what you do what you are who you are what you know into the world and getting others, other people, sharing it with them, getting them to sign on, especially if it's something that's 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 worthy, hmm. that's worthy of signing on to, you know. And I, you look at, I think I've mentioned this before. I must have, but you look at all of the times, all of the periods in humanity's uh, evolution and cultural evolutions 
um, structures where singing has played a role in how um, how we've evolved. You know, what are the songs that came from that time? How did the songs bring people through the struggle? Um, you can point to literally any time in history and there will be songs that were sung about the struggle. But I think it's now, it's, it's kind of the opposite way, whereas like we know what we've seen and heard through the past. We literally have, through the internet, specifically archival knowledge of our collective consciousness and our experience, video work, you know, video archival experiential um, visuals of wars. That's never been in our consciousness before. We've never been able to house that, but now we have it. So we actually have a distinct opportunity to not respond with music from the conflict, but actually in inject the world with song at the outset and to change it directly now. That's the thing that's, I think, consciously different than in the past where we were writing in response to something rather than writing songs and, and singing songs and, and intoning together to actually lift the thing that's happening. And that's that's what I'm trying to figure out now. It's like, how do we actually lift the frequency of this planet with song actively? Mm, that's a beautiful question and pursuit. You see, in, in my perception of what you're sharing, this is very similar to what you shared two years ago. Is that message yeah. that that's your inner that's your inner truth mm -hmm. is to impact yourself, your own life, your own resonance and the world around you through song. And not just by performing song at them, but by guiding them into song and not song, as you just said, as a response to what's happening, but as a first expression of self, right? There is, um, there's another element that, that just kind of lit up in my head when you, when you shared all that. And it has to do with, you know, information, truth or falsity. And so, you know, I'm going to lean out the window here with a concept that, you know, my, some people might, might dig or might not dig, but At a certain level, it doesn't matter if information is true or false because it's still just information that's coming at you. What's much more important, so and I'm not saying truth isn't important, but what's much more important is that you feel your unique creational impulse so you can transmit your own impulse into this world. That's more important than tracking the truth or the falsity of others or the truth or the falsity of the system, right? Because if, if, if every person is gifting the world their unique expression, not from the false image of what they were told they should do through the school system, the, you know, the media system, the, the, the mainstream system, and the, the governmental system, and like there's, there's quite a few voices that tell you what to do at this point in our, in our story. But if you prioritize expressing yourself based on that internal impulse that is you and you bring your uniqueness online or, or broadcast it into the world. I believe that is much more important at this point than it is to be a conceptually trained human being that is just mm -hmm. here to label, oh, this is wrong and this is these people are doing something false or this is right and this is what we all should be doing. 
I think as long as we're in this wrong and right, um, seeking for truth and falsity, even though there's a level where that is definitely not unimportant, but as long as we're staying at, on that level, I believe the trance is going to get us. The trance mm -hmm. of trying to, trying to, to, to do something for the external gratification of like, yeah, you, you, Julian, you just said something that's right. You know, and I don't feel that pressure anymore. I'm happy for anyone to say what you just said is bullshit, and yeah. and I'll and I'll still say it. You know, because that's what's coming through me, and I believe. You know, I want to see more humans be encouraged and empowered to express their unique gift into this world, rather than to repeat the impulse from the external false image of their government, their media consumption, or, or else. Well, the two things that came out to me, that spoke to me specifically, are are genuine. The word genuine. And um, education. So if we get. If we, if we were to just get genuine a genuine education, a genuine education, then we would that that would be something very special. You well, know? let's dissect and, that a bit. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the thing is like we're we're dealing with a system that at the very earliest times of our development, right? We're being trained to work, trained to function in our in the society that we have built that does more of the same right but we're not when i say right i don't mean to to ask you to respond or anything i'm just kind of throwing that out there but we are not necessarily unless it's by the teacher themselves right the teacher making and creating authentically and genuinely the work and this and the lesson and the learning but it is it's a curriculum it's something that has been designed and it actually is a curriculum of design that has occurred for decades and has been constantly actually distilled further and further and further and further and further away from an artistic expression from a creative expression and I'm not saying this from, you know, complete nonsense. I'm actually, I, I could, on with more time and, you know, resources probably cite actual numbers and figures, but the public school system specifically in America, whether it's purposeful or not, I could not say, has systematically removed artistic pursuits um, from the system, from the curriculum. And by doing so, we're losing out on that genuine human experience, especially early on in the development of our, of, you know, our youngest brains and our youngest spirits and souls. And a very simple way of kind of, for lack of a better term, fixing that, fixing, because it's actually, it could be said that it's, it's a bit broken, you know, you can see that as like a, a cog in the, in, the, in the whole machine that is this kind of education system that's, that it keeps falling out every year. A little bit, a little piece of it is, is, is leaving it. The, the easiest way is to just re-infuse it, um, but not necessarily put it all, all on the teachers. 
or all on the people that are that are needing to you know feed the students with the system and with the curriculum allow artists and allow people who are gifted to come into the system to be invited in to work and share more openly and more freely that's just an idea that i think would be useful and i think it is something that we need to you know probably address and maybe it's a it's an area where i personally will will end up getting involved in is like working with you know helping kids mm-hmm. sing mm-hmm. helping mm-hmm. kids use their voice you know that's mm-hmm. i think is a huge because that's where it all started you'll have me. some kids john and I'll, I'll push you to do it yeah <laughs> you're telling Which, me how that. many episodes do we have to record before you and i are going to have some like children on this <laughs> yeah, exactly um no i hear um, what you're saying and I, you know this is something that comes out a lot in these episodes when i ask about education is that you know, for one, the obvious that uh, the indoctrination system works really well with indoctrinating minds yeah. uh, rather than forming them. And then two, that, you know, the diversity of perspectives is something that's missing in the schooling system entirely, right? Like mm-hmm. there is no exchange with elders. There's no exchange with people no. from diverse backgrounds. There's no exchange with artists. There's no, there's no exposure to that, you know? Um, well, we I'm, can't say no. There's like well, not little, done at little. all, but, it, but it, it it's, it seems like it's clearly going in another direction, you know, which feels mechanical. It feels, auto- you know, automatic, which is all yeah. just sounding more and more like mechanism, machine, you know, which is not what we're built for. We're not well, we're actually, human beings. Yeah. We're not machines, right? So this idea, and this is part of the fal- false image that I keep referring to, um, the idea of the false image is to make us into uh, you know into a functioning mechanism like a machine so like mm. you know these pictures we portray of ourselves of like this is how perfect i am or this is all the things i have achieved and the reality is in order to get to any achievement you have to go through the emotional roller coaster of what it means to be human right and mm. and that's not being the focus of uh, media or even social media right and so we are in a very interesting time in the human existence where I believe so many people, so many of you listening are, are, are either already absolutely awakened to that or are in layers of that awakening that your experience matters and there's no need to um, make your experience uh, a comparative experience to a perfect image. And then that perfect image would be a false image, right? Mm-hmm. And so coming back to education, this has been my belief since I was exposed to Rudolf Steiner's, um, you know, anthroposophy and, and writings. And, and, and I was working in a Waldorf school when I was 18 for about eight months in Italy. And since then, I realized that education can only have one goal, and that is to nurture you into freedom. Now, when I look around on the planet, that's barely happening anywhere, right? And so freedom is another interesting one to define like what is freedom like what does it even mean like like is it freedom to be able to buy three cars is it freedom to uh you know shop uh for, from a selection of 10 different milks at whole foods like what is freedom actually i think what is freedom would be a great topic for a podcast with paul saley <laughs> i'm not going to even try to go down that path because i would i mean it's such a massive concept and it actually maybe is 
the question of our time in some ways because we've been fed this narrative of freedom you know in our culture since we were very small very small people very small human minds ready to to be you know defined what freedom what what freedom should be defined as in our life so i would say that that's that needs to come from a higher source you know I believe we all have access to that higher source, John. That's and, true. Oh, I, I that's happily connect with Paul Selig about it too. No, I just wanted to shout him, shout out again because it's I, they do talk about it frequently. You know, they being the guides that he channels. The guides, yes, yeah. It's sort of a it's a frequented subject, especially I think over the past several months and years that they've been bringing through their their teaching. So it's I think, I mean, just a go back to my area of expertise in the voice, mm -hmm. right? I don't need to buy anything to sing. I don't actually need to do, I don't need to go out and pay capital to, to have the experience of singing. And I think that that actually makes it a very important tool when it comes to um, raising consciousness and encouraging um, a new, you know, sort of genuine education of young minds because it's, it is free. It is, it is untethered to a, a monetary system from the a very root of it. And that's, that's also going back to the other topic of like it being for the oligarchs or for the, the 1% as a, as a entertain, entertainment to feel, but that's, it's, it's actually, <laughs> It's something that you can wake up and do the first thing in the morning, right? It's something that all, all it requires is the tune to be in your head and you're singing, you know? And it's it's sort of a, um, it's the gift that keeps on giving without any need for, for capital. <laughs> it was breath, right? So breath and song have that connection. Yes, breath and song. And when breath and song are lived, then you you step into a form of freedom, I believe, right? Which is experiencing yourself like i again I, I i kind of agree with you like defining freedom in itself is a pretty difficult uh task and sometimes these big words like you know freedom would be one of them we can get closer by understanding what is not freedom right and yeah. then we, we get a bit closer to to understand um what it really means but experiencing yourself through breath and song is a form yeah. of freedom because it allows you to experience yourself and then continue to unfold the experience of you rather than sourcing the experience of you based on your Instagram, your sports news, your financial news, and then making decisions based on what this wow. apparent outside world is impulsing. Um, which again and again, this is what I come back to on my own, you know, uh, yogic journey of self-realization is that, you know, this external impulse is not the layer to cultivate the internal impulse is the layer to cultivate and from that internal impulse you broadcast a frequency that is you and mm. when you do that with you know the integrity of your heart and the integrity of your embodiment that's the journey now the challenging thing there is it doesn't really fit into global globalization and into industries 
and into a capital society that's governed by good guys and bad guys. And it would allow for a lot of freedom and, you know, it would allow for the uncorrupted gifts of humanity to, to come and rise. Because this is something that, you know, I feel like even in this podcast, we haven't explored enough, which is that all humans are connected in such a deep way to uh, each other's heart. And what I mean with that is no matter where I go in the world, people love to support each other. People love to help each other. Now, in the more civilized of a place I go, civilized in quotation marks, like let's say a big city in Germany or a big city in the United States of America, the less help and support I see in the simple interactions. Like if I walk down a sidewalk in Los Angeles, and I don't know, are there sidewalks in Los Angeles? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's a, a, a joke about America that hasn't built yeah. sidewalks because everything's for cars. Yeah. Um, you, you know, so... When I walk down a sidewalk in a city like LA, it's very likely that no one will offer help for anything. But if I'm in a little town in rural Brazil where I'm told by the media to be afraid of people because they're going to rob me or something, you know, anyone at any moment, even with broken Portuguese or no Portuguese, is going to want to be willing to help you in some way. Hmm. I'm generalizing, you know, so danger there, but, but it's just so interesting to observe that supporting each other and being there for each other and helping each other is a gift that we share as humanity with each other. And it is so strong that it is in all of us, no matter where on the planet. And the more the impulse of the external world takes over and, you know, capitalism or the, the globalization, the less we resource from that gift and the more we resource from the power and the hierarchy of the external system. You said you said a combo of words that mm. I think kind of like just embodied that whole bit, which is I think it was what you said, common rise. Did you say the words common rise or come come and rise? Maybe you're you're finding some gold in there that I didn't even say. Keep going. Common rise. I'm yeah, you sure. just said I, I I don't know what it was, but like the common, the mm. common rise of our. Mm of our experience, you mm -hmm. know, cause I'm having a, that, that word common mm -hmm. is like, feels so specific to, you know, the common man, <laughs> um, which is actually like an amazing piece of music, strangely too, by Aaron Copeland. It's just an incredible, amazing horn piece. Just worth listening to that, the common man. But then to think about our common rise, that, 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 that it's just when we are looking to help one another and that that is actually at the forefront of our, of our mind and our consciousness, that we will find that we're, we, are, we are perhaps experiencing a common rise with one another, that we are, by lifting you, I am lifting. By lifting myself, I am lifting you. Of course. And that's exactly that phenomena of re resourcing from our like innate human strengths mm. and gifts, right? And, and so the, in this episode, I keep calling it the false image, tells us that that's not real. We can't rely on this. In fact, we should be scared of each other. Mm. And my experience on this planet in the last 34 years, you know, traveling in this wonderful body that I call Julian um, shows me the opposite 
Nice. Shows me the opposite, and it's it's mind boggling because depending on where I go and whom I meet, I get reflected that this is a shared experience among many of us. Mm. That once we're open to the uncertainty and once we're open to the insecurity or the 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 not secure um, pathway of not knowing where you're going to even be tomorrow, and simply surrender and simply connect with the people that are in your present moment, that magic always surfaces again. Mm. Now it gets easier with a credit card, some would say, but I also, you know, have been in moments when I didn't have that. And I, I know many people that operate without that entirely. And suddenly you realize, wow, there's a whole other field of opportunity and possibility there for us humans. But we have to let go to try to fix it all. We have to let go to try to understand it all, I believe. And, you know, that's been my own journey in the last four or five years of this podcast is to you know, get really close to these, I call them, you know, corrupt, systemized um, clubs mm -hmm. and understand that, yeah, there is a lot of power and a lot of um, energy there, but, but we don't have to follow that. Well, at the, at the bottom of it, at the, I'm more rather at, at the, the base level of it all, they're all just, they're all just run by humans, you know? And those humans have the capacity, you know, maybe we can, in a way, s ask for them to be open in this time, you know, being open to sharing. I love that, that idea that you've put forward, that like what defines a billionaire, mm -hmm. the redef redefinition of a billionaire. Is it hoarding billions and billions of dollars of capital and fiat currency? Or is it infecting, or rather, <laughs> better word? Uh, yeah, <laughs> supporting, helping. Supporting and, and um, injecting, you know, help and support into... I think infecting and injecting are two words we should stay away from. <laughs> yeah. But that's just a personal opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. And this concept has been spread widely over the last four or five years that, you know, that we, that we, if we redefine billionaire from a capital hoarder to someone who actually really helps people. Now, again. But not helping people I, in the sense of like, yeah. I'm, I'm use, utilizing my status and my, and my, pres, my place in, in the world to, quote, help people that don't know that they need help. <laughs> You know, I was just about to say that. I, yeah, I don't really know all of the pathways of that. But yeah, exactly. It's a very past. We we know it can't be for this self-imposed uh, um, gain again. That then just feeds back yeah. to the, you know, the phil philanthropy wing of your business. Or it's very sensitive. Or colonialism. Yeah, it, it's it very is very sensitive. But, but that's why I, I believe we can blanket statement it as a. This is how we fix the world. Or NFTs are going to save us. Or <laughs> mm -hmm. XYZ because you know what what we want is a world where the gifts of our brothers and sisters come online and so mm -hmm. since I can't control that I can come back to myself and make sure that my gifts come into this life experience you know and, and so that's what I'm committed to I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on here and maybe it's a final parting piece it's just a concept an idea that I've had but I feel like half of the world's wealth, the actual held wealth by governments and individuals, I wonder what, ha what would happen to the world if half of the world's wealth went to indigenous 
cultures was in the hands of indigenous people on the planet if they were in control of how, how it worked like to me that would be a way of rebalancing because then the the plans or the the idea of how that capital would function in society would have a different an entirely unknown way of being spent because we can't conceptualize what how they would use it maybe a large that, concept worth yeah let's let that ponder for a bit yeah you know maybe maybe we just end the episode today with with this idea of what is wealth and prosperity in the first place for indigenous cultures yeah you know and and how do we as individuals would they want into it? our own gift yeah exactly and and recognize the wealth that's there you know like i without digressing again but in a country like brazil where the the earth is unquestionably rich all of the resources are here just like an entire african continent as well the imposed measures of a globalized society for the pseudo progress that that represents is what brings the poverty mm. you understand so of course people live in poverty in comparison to the system they should partake in based on you know federal banking systems and blah 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 but if you just look at you know from an indigenous perspective as you said as far as you know someone like me can stretch their uh, hard mind complex to think like an indigenous person to planet earth um this is one of the richest places i've ever been in hmm. everything grows here all you need is people helping each other and you know harvest anything from mangas to papayas and, and you live in absolute prosperity and abundance and so i don't think it needs necessarily the structures of globalization to come here hmm. beautiful place to leave off this episode john and just to ponder and invite everyone who's listened all the way to now to ponder like what are your gifts what do you what do you want to bring into this world what would be a way that you know indigenous people interpret wealth or what would they do as you said with with the wealth of the billionaires yeah let's give it to them <laughs> well john i'll see you in 100 episodes hopefully in person before then that'll be lovely thank you for having me on julian I've always always appreciate checking in and doing these episodes with you <laughs>